Join the conversation with the Morning Majlis. Pulse 95. Join the conversation on the Morning Majlis. You might might see some people wearing pink, and uh, I've decided to wear pink as well. (laughs) Uh, Decided to, this morning, uh, cheekily get one T-shirt ironed as well. Make sure it's not too creased. Uh, As we are joining on the radio uh, live with... um, a spokesperson from GEMS Education to talk to us about uh, the world of anti-bullying because today, uh, as per the United Nations, we observe the Anti-Bullying Day. In some countries, they do it in February. They do it in February and also in New Zealand, they do it also in May, May but I believe May 18th. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So the more the merrier. Exactly. Exactly. It's a very topical uh, discussion and something that often gets ignored. And uh, to talk to us about this, uh, we've got uh, uh, the vice president of safeguarding and uh, protection of children or child protection at GEM School, Sarah Hedger. A very good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me this morning. Well, it's great to have you on air with us. And um, we're all wearing pink. Uh, You're wearing blue as well. People sometimes wear blue for the (laughs) anti-bullying. Talk to us about um, why is it important to celebrate it every year or observe it every year, the concept of anti-bullying? Yeah, absolutely. I I think you've just alluded to it there where you you said the more the merrier. Um, I think we all know that the the more we talk about um, subjects and and kind of we we call it shining a light on it, you know, the more we're able to talk openly about it, the better it is that we're able to tackle it. So any opportunity where we can really focus on um, something as important as anti-bullying, we like to take advantage of. So The the UN Anti-Bullying Day originated in Canada in 2012 and and the significance of the colour pink um, was around a young boy who was bullied for wearing a a pink shirt on the first day of school. So we, you know, we take that advantage to to start these conversations. So I'm, I'm great. I'm so happy to be able to have that conversation today. Well, Sarah, we're definitely happy to have you with us as well to have this amazing conversation, very important one. But looking through or to the roots of, of this problem, this is this is a problem everywhere, really. It's just not just in schools. It's also in workplaces. It's also at home. Uh, so looking at the underlying causes of it, what do you think are the causes of bullying in general? I think there's, you know, it's a difficult one. There's no really real single answer to it. But mm. certainly we do know from research that that often, you know, people who um, show bullying behaviours may have been bullied themselves, uh, although not always. Mm. Um, it can be an expression of anger or frustration. And, and certainly when we think of some of those those added challenges during the pandemic where, you know, people may not have had the usual... Um, abilities to express themselves you know that's that can be quite a challenge as well Mm. and i think ultimately at the bottom of it is it you mentioned adults as well because absolutely it's not just a child issue it's not just a school issue this is a society issue and in places where there's a no culture of respect that bullying behavior can can grow and manifest and we want to make sure that we get the message out that you know respecting ourselves and respecting our others is the basis of everything that we should be doing and uh sarah as someone who had obviously gone to school at a younger age the 
the notion of bullying, defining what bullying is, it's something that can be tricky because I feel a lot of bullies themselves don't see their behavior as mm -hmm. bullying and it, it gets muddled and I think that makes it a lot more difficult for bullied people to speak out about it. For instance, a lot of the bullying is framed as a joke and if you don't have a sense of humor, yeah. well, tough, it's on you and they, they keep doing it over and over again. So if you could define bullying to us in a clear way, uh, because I think that would really help tackle the problem very effectively. Perfect. Okay, so um, the general accepted definition of bullying is a, is a repeated, um, often aggressive behavior. And this is the key bit, intended to harm another person or a, a group of people. Um, so it, it, as I've said before, it applies to adults or children. There's no difference there. But I think sometimes, and I think you're absolutely spot on with what you've just said, sometimes we can get a little bit um, confused with what bullying is and what bullying isn't. We know, working with thousands of, of children, that um, children will have relationship challenges. Good grief, adults have relationship challenges. Getting on, falling out with people and then um, mending those relationships and moving forward when you, you've had a conflict or argument is a key part of, of growing up and understanding our place in the world and being good you know good citizens etc but i think therefore when it tips over to to really um repeating that behavior and causing harm to others that's a key thing so we can help this by having those open conversations like we are now as we we always do in in all schools um to to help that message get out there so what are the, the methods and the, let's just say, the techniques that are used to kind of control such, such events if it happens? For example, are there awareness programs that are, that are being taken out in schools and institutions? Because it's, it's, a, it's a major issue. It's not just, as we said, it's not just in schools. Should we have more awareness programs around? Do we have it? Do we have enough of it? Yeah, I, I would I would always love to see more. There's there's never enough for me. Um, however, so some of the things that we do um, think about and, and some programs that, that we're already in place are, and you might reflect that you know, if, if there are parents listening to this, you know, reflecting on what, what their experiences are. Um, so certainly um, in gems when i've just spoken to you there about you know that safeguarding and well-being culture in our schools and workplaces needs to be really positive so what are some of the things that we can do to make sure that awareness is raised and that that message is continually reinforced mm. so all schools will have policies and procedures in place to tackle anti-bullying absolutely make sure you know what they are um how does it work what's mm. the impact of it for for our children um we take a, an approach where we have um, adult-led programs, of course, but actually a lot of our work is around student to student. Mm. So making sure that um, there are lots of opportunities for children to tell not just trusted adults, but actually peers who are trained to help them to find a way into reporting and, and mm. sharing those concerns. So one of the the ways we do this is through our mentoring programs mm. um certainly mental health first aid is a a, a wonderful uae initiative that goes uh, across all our emirates where we're we're able to access 
um, accredited international training for our, our teams who are then able to work with um, qualified counsellors etc to support others within schools. That's been really successful um, and, and I'm, I'm really happy to say that you know when we were sometimes I think um, when things go wrong and, and particularly around cyberbullying etc we, we as adults and parents have a tendency to go, oh, no, iPad's got to go, the, the, the laptop goes off the internet. Mm-hmm. And whilst I completely understand that reaction, um, and it can be, you know, it can be emotive, it can be scary um, for parents supporting their children, for children themselves. Actually, what we need to do, the internet is here to stay. Um, and what we need to be doing is educating and helping our our children to be making good decisions online so what 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 we've done and 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 certainly um it's hot off the press because this is absolutely brand new we've teamed up with a um, an organization in in the uk to pilot um safe social media so go bubbles um something we'll be using so whilst we're talking to our children um working with parents working with the students and talking to our parents uh, our children about how safe choices can be made online yeah. then they get the ability to practice that as well in a very safe environment with where content is is kind of pre-judged um and if it's okay then it's uploaded so creating those safe places is, is really key but but children need the ability to to practice that um, those skills just as they would learn to write or kick a football etc we need to be aware that the the internet's really not going anywhere and uh, Sarah this is something you've touched upon uh, the adults and the role they play at schools Uh, for bullied kids in many schools going to or speaking to adults and trusting them uh, by speaking to them uh, to help them with their bullying it can be a very challenging task and a lot of times it's counterintuitive and the bullying gets much worse. Can you talk to us about the qualities that the adults working in schools need to embody for children to trust them with bullying and also for them uh, to play a role in ending this and, and helping solve the problem? Definitely. Um, I, I think one of the one of the first things, in I, I've been working in safeguarding and child protection for 23 years, um, and I would always say, it all comes down to quality of relationships. So teachers, and I'm not just talking about teachers, I'm talking about adults. So we're talking about, um, you know, training and and having um, real awareness with everybody from anybody who helps keep the school clean, the school principals, the people who work in the canteen, to be a listening ear. So being somebody who actively listens to students um, there needs to be clear escalation routes, so ways that that information can be taken to the right person to get the right um, the right outcome. But qualities around that is, is absolutely, you know, being having empathy, um, understanding the problem in the first place, and how to identify that. Because sometimes, as you quite rightly say, a child might not want to just go straight to an adult. Sometimes, um, and we often see it an adult will start to become curious because they know the children so well. They'll start to see maybe a change in behavior, etc. And then they'll start to 
really be curious about what might be going on to the, for that child. And again, that quality of relationship and opening that conversation with, I've noticed that, um, it can be really helpful to, to take that first step into uh, getting the help that they need. Now, Sarah, I'm going to reveal this to you and some of our listeners that um, uh, I, I am a GEMS graduate. Shout out to the kids from Jumeirah College. Uh, we're all very yeah. well behaved, very well behaved. No one's bullying each other at all. I'm sure some of you uh, JC crew are listening. Um, now, what I'd like to um, check on because you've said that you've been working in child protection for 23 years. From when we were back in school, bullying was resorted to silly pranks and uh, in a sticking chewing gum on someone's chair or whatever. But have you seen bullying evolve uh, to to a large degree over the years? And uh, specifically when there's online learning nowadays, has has it changed uh, to a certain degree? I think if I, I go by at the risk of appearing and being very old, um, I certainly think is I was I, I was a, a child who was bullied at school uh, physically mm-hmm. and verbally. So certainly in those days, in the kind of 1980s, and I was um, at school in the UK, the response to bullying was very different. There wasn't the awareness. There certainly wasn't any of the training uh, and the focus that is on what we see now. I think, well, I know there always has been bullying and and it it, it is a behavior that that we've seen um, in every demographic, every social group, every gender. Um, But what I think um, I would say that has developed is the move from, or or the, the spread, if you like, from that direct, contact face-to-face um uh, type of bullying into the more online world mm. and obviously with you know the pandemic and lockdowns and and all of the uncertainty around that um that i would say is is certainly where we're we're putting our um attention mm. um hence you know looking at alternatives for safe social media um, curriculum, looking at how we teach our children about this, um, because as we know, and, and certainly um, if you're parents yourself, you'll see that environment change so rapidly mm-hmm. that you know we abs- we absolutely need to be up to date, understand what's going on for our children. Um, but certainly that that cyber online element is where those changes have definitely been seen. And uh, because it's very difficult to police this cyber world as well, uh, is there any solution that we can look at? Because the physical ones that we saw, uh, we could we could police them, we could find out and identify it. Do you think stricter penalties, such as longer suspensions, longer um, uh, the students are expelled from schools, uh, the bullies specifically, uh, is that a solution or is, uh, do we have to work something around it? I, I think there's... I, I think there's two parts to it really one is the the prevention and one is then um <clears throat> what those um solutions might be because again we we need to look at the the problem as a whole is it it's not again it's not just a bully issue or a bullied issue bully, mm. victim issue it's not just a school or a workplace issue um it's not a, a teacher or a parent issue this is a social issue so um, I think coming together with um, 
you know, government government level, and the UAE has done some incredible, incredible um, work around child protection over the last few years since I've been here, um, where they're really starting to open those um, subjects up so that there are clearer policies and procedures in place for schools and workplaces to be able to work, work safely with children. Um, and I think always prevention is better than cure. So my 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 route and my role is always to, you know, give that advice and guidance on on what might work for the students and certainly education of students, education of parents, awareness of raising and and having a very clear expectation around society. Because if I could give parents any tips at all about you know how to kind of help with this. Um, and not just parents, but adults in general, being a good role model um, to children and modeling respect for yourself, respect for others, respect between, you know, family members, etc., cetera, um, and, and opening those conversations with children so that if they do make a poor choice about behavior online, they, they can be supported and help to make sure that their behavior changes and they're not gonna do it again. Well, certainly there's uh, lots of uh, wonderful thoughts to take back and hopefully we do uh, have a combined effort in tackling uh, this social issues. Uh, Sarah Hedger, thank you for joining us, uh, Vice President of uh, Safeguarding and Child Protection at GEMS Education. Uh, a very insightful discussion this morning. Pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you so much. Well, stay tuned to Pulse 95. There's lots to get through. We'll be back again right after the news headlines. So stay tuned to Pulse 95.